Hi and welcome. This is Desiree Holmes Sharini. I am your host of Intuitive Journey with Desiree, and I'm delighted today to be welcoming Shireen Lovegrove as my guest. Shireen's a fascinating lady. She's also a fellow Transformation TV teacher, and uh, we got to spend some time together in Zurich when we were filming the Transformation TV movie. So. Um, we hit it off and she's definitely someone I'm very excited to talk to today. She has a wealth of experience and knowledge. And let me just introduce her. Uh, she is Shireen Lovegrove. She is a neurohypnotherapist. <laughs> and I'm um, sorry, we, we were laughing earlier about how I might say that all wrong. Uh, health, op health optimization, I'm a longevity coach and trainer. She's the author of the book, The Aha Moment. And she's also about helping to change offer some behaviors in a way that ensure those changes stick. She mainly coaches women who are going through life transitions uh, and so much more. Uh, I have uh, several questions for her and actually I have to confess that before this recording that we were chatting and you know I, I was hearing so much really interesting and fascinating information as we're talking and sharing I, I said let's do an interview right now. So here we are. And I'd like to welcome Shireen Lovegrove. Hello, Shireen. Hello, Desiree. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm so glad that, to continue this conversation. And um, hopefully this will uh, come out well in sound and audio as well as video. So first off, um, uh, I'm going to ask you to simply introduce yourself as well, because you know, you have, like I said, so much going on, your, your book, your uh, practice. Um, so let's start with, why don't you tell me about your practice and the sort of work you do with people? Thank you, Desiree. Um, well, I, gosh, I've been, I've been in practice for a very long time, so probably about 20 years now. And I trained initially as a, a, an NLP practitioner, and I then did, went on to do hypnotherapy, and later went on to do my psychology degree and my master's in neuroscience. So I've really been kind of studying all the time. And my practice mainly is, is a private practice, but I tend to work a lot with people that seem to have kinds of addictive kinds of behaviors generally. So most people will be coming for smoking or drinking or gambling or uh, relationship problems, which and eating, yeah, one eating was, was really what my book was about, uh, learning how to change a behavior, mainly the, the habits um, that I learned was through learning my own habit of losing weight. So, uh, but it was a really interesting time doing that. And my, 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 my practice, you know, has been doing that for a very, very long time. And um, so now I'm starting to just sort of move on a little bit more and trying to expand it in a, in, in a new way. Um, a little bit like what we were talking about, uh, yeah. moving on to uh, looking at how we can apply intuition, uh, quantum kind of ideas into our therapeutic practices. Yeah, and that's that's where we had some fascinating conversations. Mm. I wish we could have just stayed in Zurich in our, <laughs> our uh, Airbnb there for another, you know, two months. And we had some great... Oh, we had a fantastic time. <laughs> just knew that you were someone that had this vast uh, interest in oh, thank you <laughs> so um, you you mentioned to me earlier about having um, worked as a nurse previously uh, or working yes. with people and having some experiences 
with intuition. And um, to my audience here, um, if you haven't uh, listened to my first broadcast, uh, my show is uh, primarily about intuition. And, and I also love to incorporate and share with people knowledge and uh, evidence of you know, things that work, even if we don't understand it, things that happen that can enhance our lives and enhance what we do and, um, and honoring that. So uh, Shireen mentioned she'd had some experiences uh, earlier on, and, um, and I wanted to hear about those because I haven't heard those stories yet. So I'm fascinated. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I suppose intuition for me, uh, because I'm always in my, I'm often in my head, but I know that as a child, I used to feel things and, 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 and I saw things which others didn't, didn't see. My mother was born with, you know, the birth over sort of the core. So she, as a child, always saw things. So we always had this kind of mystical kind of talking in the family but we were you know also it was very much poo-pooed but I did used to experience a lot of strange things where I'd get strange dreams or I'd get strange events happening in my life and these seemed to get really strong when I was in uh, when I was nursing because I think sometimes when you're nursing you have to rely on more than just what you're observing yeah, uh, you have to rely on how you're listening to a, a person. You have to rely on what you feel. You have to rely on what you're seeing. You have to you, you have to develop a, a, a kind of a sixth sense because sometimes even when the evidence is looking okay um, it, on the chart, it's not. You know, um, so many times you you have a thing where you can walk through a ward and you can go, I know which patient's going to crash. And you don't even know. A crashing means they're probably going to have a heart attack, yeah? Um, so you, you, you will automatically get a sense that something is wrong. Uh, and it may just be that what they said as you moved past them that, or the color of their skin, just a slight difference, is enough to give you a feeling. You may not quite know what that feeling is. You've got to work out what that feeling is. But it's enough of a feeling that triggers you to say, whoa, something's going to happen. Something's different. Um, and, and, you, and I guess at that point, you, your body is trying to sort out information so that it can bring it to your attention in a way that you can understand it. Do you have um, like a specific event where um, that made a difference in your you know, caring for someone where, like you said, maybe you had that sense that somebody you know, needed something? Do you have a particular story? Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, there, there are so many. It has been a long time since I've been a nurse. But I do remember um, in ICU, I, I had a, a, a I, was, I was in charge and um, we had a, a, a client that just had had a, what we call a, um, he had had a heart attack and he had had something called streptokinase, which actually dissolves the clot in, 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 in a heart. And what these patients suffer from is they get what you call reperfusion arrhythmias. So what happens is you see on the screen, a lot of really crazy things come okay. up. Okay. And I remember I had a young nurse that was going, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to die. You know, and she was going on and on and on about this. And I would look and I'd say, look at the patient. 
Just look at him. What's he doing? Oh, well, he's talking quietly to his wife. Does he look pale? Does he look any of those things? And she'd say, no. And then the next string would come and the alarms would go. And, and again, I'd say, go and look at the patient. Go and look at the patient. And it's really interesting um, is that when you, when you start to pay attention to that, you start to understand that you've got to look at what's going on and then try and equate it across to what you're, you're feeling. But there have been times where I've actually walked out of a ward and I've kind of done a ward round and I've come back and I've, I've kind of felt something pulling me. Mm -hmm. And there's this crazy thing is you feel the pull because, well, I, that's my own assumption, is you're feeling the pull because you've walked past and you've, you've done an, an, an analysis on each person that you've walked past or you've spoken to. And when you get that feeling, it's like this culmination happening and all of a sudden you think, oh my God, something's going on. And invariably, when that's happened, I've heard the alarm bell ring. Right. And I've known exactly where to go. That pre so, a little bit. Yeah, there's a precognitive precognitive thing that used to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really crazy. And what I mean, I used to, I know this sounds really awful, but I used to be called the angel of death. <laughs> I know there's not, it isn't, you know, when I was, when I was younger, that was something that I really thought was probably um, quite awful. And I found it because I worked in a, in a, in a medical ward. And often I found that I would arrive and the patient would arrest. So I'd be, it was literally like I'd wake up at home and I'd be pulled to the hospital. Yeah. And I know that it was about energy, that they wanted energy pretty much to lift off. Right. Yeah. So, and I would, it, and, I, and if I didn't go and I wasn't, and uh, the, normally the patient would, 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 would suffer until I get there. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yes, so I used to just get up, go, even if it was drive, it would be, I'd be driving about 15, 16 kilometers to get to work. Um, I would get up in the middle of the night and just go to work because I would get this feeling and I'd have to be there. Yeah. Um, they were, they yeah, probably wanted, you know, I think souls know. Yeah. yeah. No, and that soul knew that you were your energy was a positive energy to help them. Um, what's interesting is um, actually one of our fellow teachers, Christina Bauer. Yeah. Um, also been called the angel of death because she has she has yeah. been called like that. So that that's really interesting yeah. to would share that experience. Um, this, uh, you know, and we like. Like I've said, a lot of times it seems like we dismiss these feelings, will not honor intuition or these feelings, but they're there. And I was recently reading um, or saw a little video about a cat that uh, lives or is a hospice cat and yeah. that he will go to the room of someone who's about to die and spend time with them mm. um, for several hours beforehand. And they said, we can kind of tell which patient is probably ready to leave because the cat goes to their room to spend time with them and lays on their bed with them. And so there's this, um, this unseen energetic pull, like you said, um, and maybe a, a comfort of that energy that someone can bring in, even a pet. Um, yeah. This cat is sort of like that vehicle or that one that goes with the, that comfort on their way out. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think, you know, death is um, people, you know, it's, it's a natural thing. You, know, you come in, you go out, everything. It's a natural cycle. And I could go on about that too. At some point I will in another um, 
uh, episode, but yeah. it, it's it's a natural thing and people are afraid of it. But instead, it, you know, to honor the idea that there's an energetic shift that happens and yeah. someone like you understands that um, this energy that that happens. So I think that's fascinating that you had that experience. And um, of course, now you're not doing that anymore, but you no. have this great <laughs> energy and, and nobody dies around you. This is good. So, <laughs> very good i must say that <laughs> if, if you go to see her you're going to be more healthy <laughs> yes thank god <laughs> well no I, th I think i think you know if i think about it now i was very young and at the time and i didn't understand enough about about energy i didn't understand that really a lot of you know the amount of energy that is required for transformation is quite a lot and I think that even if it's a cat it's they hold a lot of energy they're powerful beings and if they and if they have managed to go from place to place to place they normally will be you know that their energy will increase so I think that that's a really important um, aspect that it does bring and give a greater amount of energy to that person that's in that place where they just don't have enough energy to shift hmm. and i think that is what it what, what it gives it gives that that energy so that the the transformation can happen yeah yeah so, when you're younger it's, it's quite hard to explain if you don't if there isn't anybody around you that's able to say you know this is really a gift yeah and also, um, like, like you said when you're younger but also you and i were talking earlier about um what we do and the the shift between what people are willing to hear or the way we say things um and being open about sharing information like this without you know some people are like oh that's weird you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't want anything to do with that but in reality there you don't have a choice that is you are part of that energy and that energy comes and goes from each one mm -hmm. of us and um, so I think the more people understand it and the more people say, yeah, this stuff, you know, happens. Um, so personally in your life, um, when, have, when have times when, you know, other than say when working with patients in your own life, when have you, and this is kind of shifting from energy to using your intuition, when have you felt intuition to do or not do something uh, along your life path? to choose a, a career or to choose a, a, a home or a, a partner? When, when, have you had significant experiences where maybe rationally, you know, uh, you know, the numbers didn't add up, but you felt this is the right way to go? I'm wondering if you've had those experiences and, and how that worked out. Gosh, I suppose a lot of my stuff has more been inside of like the, the, the realm of, um, of spirit, so I probably it's quite a, yeah it's quite a challenge to actually think when, what has been separate from intuition and what because I suppose my belief about intuition is is that we we accumulate information it goes to this memory bank or sensory bank and for me it's like finding a way to interpret it so when you start to interpret it you get to in a way decode what the intuition is about um, so. 
I suppose on my on my level, I don't I don't necessarily I just see it that it's more like we're connecting information and we don't yet have the cognitive information yet. We we have the feeling, um, but we don't have the words or the ideas about what that feeling is. Um, and I guess uh, so when I when I when I you know when I've had a situation where I was um, worried about. <laughs> Unfortunately, our neighbor at one time, not now, luckily, uh, built a massive deck outside our house. And every time uh, there was something where he, he would have just put something in, I had the sixth sense that I had to contact the council, that I had to go and do things. Um, for example, for the planning to get the inspectors to come, he made sure that we went on holiday before he put it in so that we wouldn't be back in time. And it was really amazing that somehow something changed within our thing, our, our schedule. We got back home and my first thought was, we have got to speak to the council. Uh, and, I, and my partner said, just leave it tomorrow, tomorrow. I said, no, no, today, today, today. Something's just telling me we have to do this now. Otherwise, we're going to end up again having a struggle, and um, so yeah, that was one of the one of the times where I actually found out that I had I had four hours <laughs> to get it in <laughs> to write a letter about you know quite a long document about that. So you know, there's that, there's been that kind of situation, but there's also situations where. Um, I had a client, I know, I know we said we weren't going to talk about client, but a decision when to maybe give more reflexology and bring on a birth, <laughs> even though it may not have been the wisest thing to do. And I, I still, to this day, I'm so grateful I did it, even though, uh, yeah, some people might think it's a bit odd. But this lady walked in. I'd seen her, I'd, I'd treated her before, uh, she got pregnant. She went and had IVF. I treated her, uh, and um, she was healthy, looking gorgeous, thin, you know. And then she came to see me again at 36 weeks, and I thought, "Oh my God, you look like you've got preeclampsia." And I asked all the questions, and I, you know, she was coming to see me to actually help her because she was like blown up. I, I mean, she was like a Mich you know, a Michelin man person. And she was really blown up. And I could see that this wasn't fat. This was, this was swelling. And, you know, when I touched her, I thought, ah, there, there was just this feeling that there was, like, no life. It was really weird. And I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll, we'll, we'll do the session. And we did the session, gentle, fine, everything else. I said, look, I need to see you next week. I really do need to see you. And I, I um, so she came the next week and I thought, you know, she, I said, did, did anything change for you this week? And she said, no, if anything, I feel, I feel not, not as good. And I, um, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to really work with, with intention with the reflexology because I know that even though reflexology is all about balancing the body, uh, the body will do what it needs to go back into balance. If it, need, if it needs to actually have a, you know, cause... Uh, the the labor it will do it okay and generally at 30 37 to 38 weeks you know it's pretty safe to do it right and I just thought you know if I think that if you have another day or even another week I think you probably die probably die 
And that was my, I got this intuition. It was like I had heard spirit on some level. Mm-hmm. And I just worked and I just asked spirit to guide me where I needed really properly, you know, focus in. And, and yes, there are certain areas you could work, but there were other areas which I didn't know about that I was being shown to go to. And um, she left me that night. She went into labor. She had, she had an immediate cesarean and they following that, she went straight to ICU and they told her that she was, Despite everyone saying that she wasn't preeclamptic, she went into liver failure. Oh. She was preeclamptic. She was just asymptomatic pre preeclampsia. And, and I, you know, the, the the partner said, if she, the partner even said to me, he said, I can't believe it. If she hadn't have had this baby, she, baby these babies, she would have died. Wow. And that was my real. That was probably my strongest gut intuition to do yeah. something which I didn't want to do. But I realized that if I didn't, I believe that this person's life wouldn't have yeah. been here today. And, and that's an excellent example of um, why you should give these feelings, these messages. Yeah. yeah. You could have said, oh, whatever, the, the doctor will deal with it later. It's not my yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's, that's a perfect example. I, I always love hearing stories of how paying attention to uh, mm. something, you know, like these feelings, these these messages, sensations, paying attention actually yes. and makes a difference. So um, one other thing I want to talk about is um, we just had this discussion that you are working on your PhD and, um, and, and I joked and said, yes, I'm also working on my <laughs> And on another plane at the moment, and it's, it's just not materialized yet. But yours is, and tell me about the study you're doing with that. Well, basically, I'm doing uh, quantum integrated medicine, and so it's really looking at because I, uh, uh, you know, I've done my stuff now more with the, the the theoretical thing. I wanted to do something that was going to be more about uh, working with intuition, working in the realm of energy, you know, and I think that that's really where we're going to need to be moving because everything is about energy and we're starting to learn when we, with neuroscience, we're learning that actually the things that we thought were not real are now real. Yeah. And we're now getting more um, ability that, you know, my partner's father said to me, Sherry, don't worry, the tests will come. They'll find the tests that will actually show that intuition works. They'll, you know, you, you're going to have to measure it indirectly in some way, but then you measure blood pressure indirectly in a way. <laughs> you measure an EEG. You don't measure the actual activity. What you're measuring is what's flowing through. So you me- you're doing an indirect measure. Um, so you, we just haven't found the right test for the right intuition. That's right. But technology we- is not caught up with reality. Exactly. With exactly. Reality real our technology people think well technology is up here and real and and um intuition or or energy is down here but it's really the other way around we as human beings have not reached our technological potential to be able to measure it and and see exactly it. And i always say like a hundred years ago or 200 years ago if i said oh i have a machine that can see your bones inside your body yeah. i'd be you know hung up you would be <laughs> you'd be burnt at the stake <laughs> But now it's common, you know, MRIs and, and things yeah. that never existed or flying machines that 
you know, that would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> so just um, more and more, we're we're getting closer, and so I'm yeah. fascinated that you know that there's actually a, a degree out there for this. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think what it kind of looks at is it looks at it looks at the idea that there are five kind of bodies, which are, first of all, there's the bliss body, which is our um, ability. And I guess what I would say, our connection to our divine God or goddess or masculine or feminine, uh, where it's a kind of a consciousness that's not caught up with any of our kind of worldly consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, and that has the ability to basically transcend all the layers. So if we are conscious, we can actually affect every layer. And part of the idea is also that our, our vital body, which is what we probably can measure, is the actual blueprint for our physical body. So if, we, so if you think about our, our um, genetics, uh, our uh, DNA, that is a kind of a, a blueprint, but the, there seems to be what tells the body, you know, what tells the cell to go where it needs to go. There's something else, and, and, and a lot of that is to do with charge. You know, um, everything in our body, yes. exactly, uh -huh. everything works with charge. So if you're thinking about it from that perspective, then we're going to think that consciousness is really something that's a collection of lots and lots of charge that has that's there and when we bring our attention to it it collapses into an event so if we have the potential like your vortex where you say in that vortex i'm in my phd well you are in that phd yeah and that's in that vortex you're outside time right whereas when we're in this space we're in time yeah and we're living through time but when we're outside time no rules apply everything's in potentiality and it's consciousness that makes that potentiality come into an event so it's quite interesting when you think of it like that because then when you applying uh if, if you're looking at say a blood result or you're looking at at um, a, 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 a test in any any kind of way you will start to think about all the other events that may have contributed to this event collapsing now um, and I think that's very, for me, that's very interesting because it's kind of makes us have to look not just at the results, but it allows us to widen our, uh, our intuition net in a way so that we can ask questions that are going to give us the very personalized and very detailed kind of um, support that we can help people with. Right. Because it's not like you talk about blood pressure. Everybody, you know, everybody has blood. We can all... Yeah, test it but our individuality everyone has experiences that energetically are stored in our bodies yeah that, that contribute to our our health and our mental you know both physical and mental well-being and yeah. and just like you talk about the quantum the potentialities even here on the physical plane there's all those potentialities that have culminated and, yeah. and you know we were talking also about um you know, drive or energy um, earlier and how someplace we even subconsciously carry a, a memory that um, or 
what's the right word? So, you know, we've been given a message sometimes that was a potentiality in the physical. Yeah. They can manifest itself in our behavior today. Yes. So there, there's really um, a, a, a mirror in both quantum and physical plane, as is above, so is below, that, that these things can affect us and transfer over into our lives. And I, I love that you're, you know, seeing that bigger, truly holistic picture. Mm. You know, it's not just physical, it's everywhere that can come in and affect our daily happiness, right? How we, how yeah. our health is, how we think, how we live. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think for me, it's more, it's the idea that everything wants to find its natural balance. And it will only find its natural balance if certain things are in alignment, kind of. Yep. And it will do whatever it can to be in that alignment. So if things are, so, so I think of it like in a neural sense. So if we think about neurons that fire together to wire together, um, if we think about it in, in that way, the more neurons that are firing in one direction, the more that pattern or that trend is going to build. If we have a thought, that all of a sudden is slightly different from where we're going along the mainstream, that in itself creates a potential. Mm -hmm. And if we create more of those potentials, there, there begins to be enough energy for that potential to be at a big enough event for us to notice, for us to experience. And then the brain will be more aware of it. So we will move our, we'll shift into that direction. So, yeah, I, I think it is very much more holistic in the way that um, we're looking at it, but it also allows us to recognize that there are many centers within our body from which we can get information, like the chakra centers, you know, which are all very special energy centers, all aligned along our spine, um, you know, and it, how many times when I, 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 you, me, I, when we have a client, do you, do you kind of say, notice when they start to talk and they touch one part of their body and then they talk about something else and they touch another and you kind of ask questions about that and all of a sudden so much information comes from that. Very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very subtle sometimes. Mm. You were talking about in, in your you know, nursing practice years ago that there's a subtle awareness uh, that it, it, we can call it intuition. We can call it, you know, a collective consciousness we can call it just awareness, yeah. that, but whatever you want to call it, there's um, a physical subtle awareness, but there's also that energetic awareness. Mm -hmm. Like they say, if you walk into a room, sometimes you can feel like that energy or you're around someone that just feels yeah. good right away when you meet them without any experience sometimes. Mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. And you do this. So there, there's the, the energetic awareness and also the the learned awareness that comes from someplace and it reminds me of this book called blink i don't know if you've read that one no. um, my cat wants to be in on the show here <laughs> but it, it, it's an interesting one where it talks about somebody um recognizing a fake um, statue that had fooled all of the experts but all right this subtle awareness that there was something wrong and so the whole book goes into like that that we should honor that you know subtle awareness of that we just have and an intuition um 
Puka's here. Uh, he's he's my uh, mystery cat here, and I've yeah. he's been locked in the other room, but I, I think he adds to the good energy, so I've let him stay. Oh, and he's he, lovely. He is. He's great. He's my my bud. Anyway, um, I, I think it's probably a good since he's he, he's my uh, maybe he's my alarm clock. It might be a good time to wrap it up. Uh, are there any um, last things? Uh, first, before we go, I want to talk about your book. Um, again, tell me the title and um, what you know a little bit about it and where people can find it. So, if you'll share that with us, I'd love it. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, the book is the Aha Moment, and the subtitle is How to Maximize Results with the Least Amount of Effort. And um, it is really all about changing a behavior so that that behavior will stick. And I guess, you know, like on all, all, all people will have a process when they go through um, some form of transformation. There are subtle things that have to happen. So some people might make their process more in-depth so they may have more steps. I call my process the ICANN method. Um, and it really is about that the fact that in order for us to have awareness, we need, we need to have some insight that we have a problem. So we have to move out of deceit, denial, delusion. Um, and we have to kind of own up to the fact that, guess what? <laughs> We're in this behavior we, and, 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 and honor it, notice it, um, and have some insights about um, whether we, whether we uh, can change this or not. And then the next one is we have to be able to make a commitment. We have to be accountable and we have to commit. And I've been looking at the idea a little bit about how do we make a commitment? I mean, really, that's... That's like the whole of you have got, to, have got to come to some sort of agreement to make a commitment. And the idea that when you have a commitment, you don't make a commitment that it's just for today. It's going to be forever. But it doesn't mean that you may go off the wayside. It means that even if you go off the wayside, you'll get back on track. You'll never go back to where you were. So I think that's a really positive place. For me, the aha moment is like that moment when you know that everything has slotted in. You know now you're ready to jump. It's not like you, you know, when you, it's the idea that when you, when you think, oh God, I've got to lose weight or I've got to stop this, this is from reaction. Yeah. You're not in, you're not really in proaction because you haven't made a commitment yet. And also when you, when you, when you're making a commitment, you may not know yet how you can do it forever. So you need to kind of do a bit of research. And that's where we talk about those quantum things, quantum bumps. Yeah. So we need enough sort of awarenesses to come together that we create this kind of unified masculine, feminine, God, goddess energy coming together to form a whole. And then when you start to have your new behaviors, you not start to recognize that you're working from the inside out, not the outside again. Right, so you become like this you kind of let you kind of put the when he's talking about all the things coming together there's that that uh, rumination time that that time when the parts come together and uh, they congeal right and they congeal yeah they congeal and it's like it's probably the biggest high you'll ever have because you in that moment you feel awesome you feel absolutely oh my god how could i not have known this i can do this Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you really have an insight and it is transforming, but you're already in that moment, you know you're there. Um, and it's just a, a fact of just doing it. You, you go into the flow. And then the, new, the end is the new behavior. So how do you keep maintaining that in a way um, that keeps 
the journey, right. the journey on. And the main three things which I really look at is that we have three brain, uh, three brain barriers. So there's the lack of coherence between our head and our heart. <laughs> there's the um, there's the part of the brain that likes to stay the same, it's, you know, likes to change, but it uh, prefers to stay the same because of energy. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of like our masculine brain that likes to stay the same, but <laughs> likes to change, but, you know, <laughs> it likes to stay the same too. And then there's the third one is, is really uh, perception isn't always the truth. Mm-hmm. And change our perception. Yeah. yeah. Perception is probably everything. Uh, so, and, and intuition is all about perception, isn't it? And then um, the last bit is really there's a, a special part of our brain which is called the error detector and how to utilize the error detector as a way to befriend, you know, to befriend it so that it works for us rather than against us. Great. So that's really what the book's about. It's a step-by-step and my story is in it so that it's like a template so people can follow. This is where I did this. This is where I did this. Um, for you. Pardon? And it's helped for me. I lost uh, I, I lost 24 kilos, which is, uh, I don't know how many, it's 53, 54 pounds. Um, and that stayed off pretty much effortlessly and easily. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it works then, obviously. It does work. It does work. I had to find something that would work for me. And I, and I made the decision that before I could commit, I was going to make sure that I could do it. So I wasn't going to make a commitment until I found the thing that I could commit to. Right. So I had a back door. So when I made my commitment, I had a back door. <laughs> the back door was I was going to look until I found it. And the aha was when I found it. So that was when the commitment. And that, I think that's where people fail is they're, they're following, you know, um, a, a diet book or they're following, you know, they're looking for the Holy Grail without looking in themselves. Yeah. And your answer is always in yourself. And, and your book sounds like one that helps somebody find that answer in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That works for them so that they can uh, tailor it to in themselves. Because yeah. it, it's like that. It's not going to work unless it's, uh, like you said, unless you form your own neural pathway, it, it's going to always be the outside. And there's resistance too. Yeah. So yeah. Like exactly. A little earlier today before we were on the air about yeah. um, choosing to see instruction uh, changing my perception from it being instruction to uh, guidance or yeah. suggestion and saying I can yeah. take it or I don't have to take it because sometimes we have that resistance to change mm-hmm. um, in my podcast um, previous podcast um, the second one I talk about um, that that whole resistance thing you know and, yeah. and you know what 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 are you resisting? And sometimes you just have to take it on as your own. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, I love that. And I haven't read your book yet, so I am looking forward <laughs> to that. If I'd been a good host, I would have already read it. Um, but I love talking to you and learning about that. And your book's available on Amazon? Yes, right? it is. There's, there's, there's both. Uh, it's in hard copy and in, uh, on, on um, Kindle. So it's there, both of them. And, um, and that is the um, AHA Moment by Shireen Lovegrove. And also your private practice. You see people um, privately as well? 
I do. Yeah, I'm all, I, I do privately. I do online coaching as well. So I do both. So the online coaching, I, I do a lot of, um, which is the coaching with, with women in life transitions. Okay, um, where they find you? Uh, do you have a website to find you at? Yeah, they can find me at uh, sharinglovegrove.com. Oh, that's easy. Shereenlovegrove.com and great name, great lady. And any last um, you know, comments, statements you want to make before I sign us off from here? Uh, yes, I'd love to say, you know, trust your intuition, trust yourself. And, you know, even if you think that it, you may be wrong, sometimes it's worth taking the risk. You know, I think if, on balance, you've got to do a little cost benefit and just go, well, you know, if, if I am wrong, what do I lose? Right, you know, that's true. If I'm wrong, what do I lose? And do that. Con and if you really work that out, you often find that what you gain is, is much better than what you, what you lose. So, um, yeah, go for it. Just trust. Yeah. And trust your intuition. And yeah. I absolutely agree with you there. I, I have so enjoyed talking to you. And thank oh, you. Thank you. Serene. It's been great. And I will obviously be talking to you soon again. And I'm yes. now. Thank you so much to my um, audience for listening, for being here. I'm Desiree Holmes Sharini, and I look forward to seeing you. Or um, this is a video and a uh, podcast. So either seeing you or you seeing me or listening and please subscribe and stay tuned for more good content hopefully and thank you and I'll say bye now as I find my button bye